Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues that impact missions, the missionaries, and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me today is Stephen Madoff. Well, hello there, Tony. I'm looking forward to when I finally get to see you soon. We're still separate ways, separate state. A couple thousand miles apart. <laughs> soon we will be together being able to record this and uh, and things you know and you're up in connecticut right right now as we record this and i know one of the things that you did during your time up in connecticut is actually preach at a bible college yes and that is actually going to kind of tie into our our topic today that we're going to talk about in missions what is the best preparation for people who want to go into missions mm. uh, we obviously have a lot of people who who may listen, who are already involved in missions, or there are pastors who have a heart for missions. And and obviously our prayer and desire is that also there'll be young people who who may have an interest in missions that would listen. And maybe this could be a help to them or to their pastors as they guide people uh, mm-hmm. who have a heart for missions. And that's what we want to talk about. What is some of the best training and things that you could have kind of in your skill set as you desire to serve the Lord in missions. Yeah. So this is a, a great, great, great topic, I think. I think so. Uh, probably one of the questions you get a lot is, I'm going to be a missionary, so obviously I'm going to major in missions in Bible college, right? Surprisingly, that's not always um, the the best course. And there are a lot of factors to, that will help you determine whether that's the best course. For example, even though I knew I was going into missions from the time I enrolled in Bible college, I took a pastoral uh, major as opposed to a missions major. And for me, that was exceptionally helpful where I was in my Christian walk. And so there's some other thoughts about what you should major in. And a lot of that can depend on where you're going to go. Uh, and where you're going to serve in missions. For example, in your part of the world, there may be a reason why you would not even take a pastoral major at the first or a missions major at first. Yep. You know, and I, th- I think there is no set answer, like you said. There, there's going to be a lot of variety of factors that play in. But I definitely think that there's some things that we can try to encourage anyone to to have in their skill set. You know, I was one that did a missions major. I was one that when I went to college, I studied four years of missions and then also had a, uh, a secondary course of study, which was printing. And, and that is, in my mind, it was the, the desire of, okay, when I get on the mission field, let me learn about printing uh, so that I can print tracks, print materials and things. Now, granted, this was back in the 90s when Desktop publishing was not a big thing yet, and so it was still offset printer with an AB Dick printer and making plates and doing all those things. Now, sadly, as my kids like to remind me all the time, that has totally gone the way of the dodo bird, and it is extinct. <laughs> and, and and it's like, yeah, and my kids will joke and say, well, Dad, you're, you wasted your minor at college because it's no longer – but it was really good experience for me. And I know in my heart, it was like, okay, I want to have something that I can use besides just missions. And and I think that is, particularly as the way the world is now, 
that you have to have, I would recommend to anyone, some church experience. Some, some, one thing I think is get church experience. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I was able to do uh, an internship for a couple of years, two years at a church. And boy, did that help me learn how to kind of deal with everything that you talk about in missions classes or pastoral seminar classes at a Bible college mm-hmm. to actually deal with people, actually plan things that are impacting people's lives. And I know without a doubt that that was something tremendously beneficial uh, for me. How about you? Did you do uh, in kind of like a pastoral internship or something of that nature? Well, you know what? For me, I was um, I was really blessed because I went to a a smaller Bible college. It was local to my sending church, which is still my sending church to this day. It, that allowed me to maintain my membership in our sending church. And our pastor was just super great about training me for ministry in a practical way. He he was definitely on board and wanted me to be in Bible college and get the books and all the study and the, the doctrinal things and all of that stuff that comes along with Bible college. But he also wanted me to get the practical side. And he allowed me just, I look back and think he put me so far ahead of the game by just letting me have hands-on experience with if you can name the ministry in the local church that I was involved in 20 something years ago there was at at one time or another I had my hands in it and that was because my pastor allowed us that that opportunity and experience my wife as well when we hit the ground in Quebec at first and then later in Arizona, I didn't feel like, wow, all of this is so brand new because I, I had that practical experience alongside of the, I think, very, very important book knowledge that was presented to me in Bible college. And, and my story would really echo yours in, in a lot of ways as far as getting that practical experience. I remember very vividly when I came to back to Cleveland, Ohio after graduating from college and then staying on its, on staff at uh, the college for uh, three years. Then I went and did spent two years up in Cleveland, Ohio at a church. And I remember the pastor saying, okay, what, what do you feel is your skill set? What, what do you think are your strengths? Because of my dealings at at the college, I I was part of administration, so I dealt with a lot of planning, organizing, and scheduling, dealing with people, and so I said, laid all that out what my strengths are, and he said, okay, great. What I'm going to have you do is work with children, and I said, <laughs> wait a second, children weren't weren't in my list of strengths, and he said, well, I'm going to have you in charge of the children's program of the church. Because when you get on the mission field, you're going to have to deal with children. Mm. When you start a church, you know, it's basically you and your, your family, your wife and kids. Right. And, and he said, you're going to be dealing with kids. And there that you minister with, you're going to have to feel comfortable. You're going to mm. have to know what to do with them. You're going to have to know how to teach a children's lesson. You're going to have to know how to uh, organize all those things on a kid's level. And I remember at first just being upset in my – I remember very much like – Oh, this stinks. I don't want to deal with kids. Ah. But boy, was it some of the great experience and wisdom yeah. that my pastor uh, showed there in putting me with that. And I mm-hmm. definitely can look back and see the benefit of it. So I think yeah. that is something that people need 
is a just a broad range of practical experience mm -hmm. uh, that they have when they go to the mission field. People sometimes get in a hurry. They maybe go to Bible college with a plan of missions, like, oh, I'm going to be a missionary. And then they just, the day they graduate, it's like, all right, let me start deputation. Let me get going. And and I do think that there is something to be gained when you, you pause and get involved in a church, if you can't do it during your, your Bible college years. Mm -hmm. um, and it, just so you have some of that on-the-ground practical training that's yeah. there. You know, again, I was blessed to be able to do that during my Bible college years. I'm one of those kind of guys that probably would have skipped it if if I didn't get it during Bible college years. Looking back now, uh, hindsight 2020, that would have been a huge mistake on my part. It would have been really, I don't think it would have been disastrous, but it would not have helped me to just get out and just start deputation without any of that practical experience. And on the flip side of that, having had the opportunity to pastor in the United States and to support a good number of missionaries, it has been my observation, at least with those that we supported, that the missionaries who took the time to get that practical training, a lot of them, a couple years, like you said, after Bible college, they are so much better equipped. And quite honestly, time played out showed that it, it served them well on the mission field as well, and that they were they were kind of ready to hit the ground running. And you could see things coming together where other missionaries who hadn't done that were kind of still feeling their way through. Uh, I, I would encourage any any missionary or anybody considering missions, don't discount the practical experience that is absolutely vital and really invaluable to getting you started. You might think, I just got to get to the field, but you want to get to the field and be able to do something. You can't do what you don't know. Most people, if they grow up in a, in a solid church, they're going to probably learn how to maybe do track distribution or bus ministry or some kind of evangelism. And and so, I, I mean, that's what I cut my teeth on. I remember when yeah, there in Cleveland, when I was a kid growing up, it was kind of like your first ministry you can join in when you were 13 was the bus ministry. And and so all 13-year-olds, that was like the, the start. And then you kind of moved up the positions in the bus ministry, and then you spread out into as you got older into, uh, you know, other ministries of the church, and and so that was great, and that helped me helped me get experience in 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 ministry. But there's so much more to leading a church, and in, in a sense, mission work or or just pastoral work, than just evangelism. Mm -hmm. There is also the maintenance of the church. And that's not something that you often get that experience in doing um, in how to do how to do hospital visits or how to do some kind of even counseling or how to uh, do some of those the planning and organization of uh, of trying to how to recruit people to to sign up for a program or uh, things of all that nature. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and 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 that's stuff that, you need to be thrust into to get that experience so that you feel comfortable. Uh, I, I remember, again, another bit of great wisdom that someone kind of imparted to me was when I went to college, uh, again, our, the college had lots of 
Christian service opportunities is what they would call it. And basically, it's just different ministries that you can do either in the church or in the community. And most people would kind of get plugged into one and do that for their four years. And and I remember my my advice that was given to me was this, spread out, get involved mm-hmm. in a whole bunch of different things. And so I, I don't remember the exact order, but for, say one semester, I did ministry in the community where you go to a park and you do kids program every Saturday and you give a lesson and so on and so forth. Well, then the next semester, I would switch it up and do a nursing home ministry and and get involved in that because I wanted that exposure of what's it like being involved in a nursing home? What's it like dealing with senior citizens? And then the next semester would be uh, track evangelism on the street and and being involved in that. And then the next semester would be something else. And, and, and during my eight semesters, I, I got involved in so much and that helped me feel comfortable when I was on the field and now I'm dealing with people in a hospital or now I'm dealing with people in a, in a nursing home or senior citizens that are kind of in that situation or doing tracks or whatever. I, I had a level of experience that I was able to fall back on and, and, and draw kind of strength from and help me. And, and I, I'm so thankful for all of that. And even now when you and I both and, and other BIMI directors, we go to colleges and, and, uh, and Christian schools. When I go to colleges, I encourage people, spread out. Don't just mm. do one for all your years. Get the biggest uh, birth of experience that you can, and, and it will benefit them in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's nothing that can re- replace the, the practical hands-on experience that you can that you can get and it's going to help you on the field and really don't look at it, especially if you have to take that one or two years afterwards. Don't look at that as, as a setback. Look at that as the, as a time of investment in future ministry, because it's going to, it's going to be invaluable and you'll realize that looking back at it. I think every missionary has this heart and, and just desire. I want to get to the field as quickly as I can, but looking back, you'll be thankful that you've done it. The other, the other thing is we've spoken about the practical side of, of getting that practical alongside of the obvious, uh, and it's absolutely necessary. You've got to go to doctrines class and you've got to have all those other book classes. You've got to have the Bible classes uh, because, you know, one of your main jobs is going to be to preach the Bible and it'd be difficult to do that if you're not <laughs> settled in your doctrine and such. <laughs> That's super important. The, the, question comes up and you and I have had this conversation does it always have to be a pastoral major does it always have to be a missions major you know I know a young lady who she and her husband planned to go to the mission field and she started off as a missions major I spoke with her her husband spoke with her and thought it would be far better for you to switch to an education major than a missions major um, because of number one, her background, some of the kind of practical, she grew up in a, in a missionary home. And so she had some of that knowledge, but the, the education major will help them on the field far more than her missions major would have. And I think men can find themselves in the same situation as well. And I think, especially when it comes to places in well, Southeast Asia or the South Pacific. There's no doubt that for most of the countries in in my region of the world, 
they are closed to what we would say is your standard missionary visa. You can't get into it by declaring I'm a missionary. Uh, the kind of buzzword of today is creative access countries. Mm-hmm. I encourage folks who have a heart to maybe go to these these parts of the world that they should get some other, uh, maybe a degree, maybe a Bachelor of Arts in in education or in some other kind of, I, I like to say, tangible, marketable degree that is recognized by governments mm-hmm. um, so that they can use that. And then maybe get a minor in Bible or a minor in missions or pastoral or something like that so that they can say, hey, look, this is, this is what I am using to get into the country. A great example, honestly, it's a personal example, is my wife. My wife, before we ever met, God had called her and her life to, to, for missions. So she thought, okay, I don't know if I'm ever going to get married. So what can I do so that I can have access to any country in the world? Mm-hmm. And so she studied nursing because she realized no matter where God wants to put me, and she didn't have like a country or a people group or a region that she f- felt set on. But she went to college with the studying of nursing. Because she said, no matter where I want to go in the world, where God may lead me, I can get into that country with nursing. And sure enough, when we went to apply to go to Australia, Australia is not looking for missionaries. (laughs) And in fact, right now, as as of current, as of this time, you cannot get in under uh, uh, like a religious uh, visa in a sense. And mm-hmm. there's there's sponsorships, but it's it's so hard, it's so challenging. And so when we went in, we went in under my wife's nursing visa. We went under skilled work migration, mm-hmm. and so she was the main applicant. I was just the, the spouse, <laughs> and all the applications that allowed us straight away to become uh, permanent residents. And when we got our visas, we're permanent residents. We can go anywhere in the country, do anything. Wow. We didn't have to worry about renewing visas, stuff like that. And there's something very similar in so many other countries where if you can say that you have a Bachelor of Arts or, or a Master's of Arts in a, in a marketable, recognized thing, you can get into countries that, say, me who has a Bachelor of Arts in Bible will never be able to get into. Mm. And, and so I definitely think it's a tremendous asset to maybe branch out compared to what you tend to think. Oh, I need to get missions or I need to get Bible. Well, there needs to be a bit of forethought into where God's called you and what you may need. As countries become far more selective in their immigration process, this is going to be something that's going to be necessary, not just, you know, an idea that we're floating, but something that's absolutely necessary. Um, You know, uh, you mentioned your wife helping you get into Australia. It's going to become it's becoming harder and harder even to get into Canada as just a what they would call when I was there a spiritual advisor now a kind of a religious workers visa and that is becoming far more difficult to obtain than I just read an article um, this morning actually that Canada is looking to boost its economy through skilled labor immigration and they want to build their economy that way and you know for better or for worse they do not consider 
uh, plant church planting, skilled labor, boosting their economy. <laughs> yeah. Most countries look at that as a draw, you know, oh, tax-free buildings, tax-free this and that. And yep. so there's got to be another avenue. And, and in some places, you know, you talk about creative access. There's places you're, you, you can't go and even mention that you're going to be a missionary. And mm -hmm. so you have to have another skill set. But as you're doing that, and like you said, plan ahead, um, I think of a young man who wants to go and believes the Lord's leading him to a very closed country. But he knows because he's been in contact with missionaries in that country that you can get in with an engineering degree. So he's got his engineering degree. But in the same regard, don't disregard the need for that Bible training. And yeah. so he's he has invested not just a full-fledged engineering degree, but he's gone and got a, a he did a, a minor in Bible, but he's also feels like that wasn't enough for him. And he's going to finish out with a master's in Bible before he even starts to make his way toward the field. And again, I think this comes back to that place of don't rush to the field without your training, whether that is the getting it through the Bible uh, college and the doctrinal training and the Bible training and the foreign or the original language training, um, all of those kind of things, uh, or the practical side of it. Don't be so hurry uh, and rushed to get to the field that when you get there, you can't really do much of anything. Uh, there was a young man who, who, um, wanted to come start a church in, in Arizona when I was there and we spoke at length. Um, and he had no Bible training whatsoever. I mean, he had been in a local church and he, he had been trained by his pastor, but no formal Bible training whatsoever. And I told him, I said, you know, here's one thing about Arizona. You will in Arizona pastor a lot of retired pastors, evangelists, and missionaries. And you can't just show up on Sunday morning and hope that you can shoot from the hip and and fool those people. Mm -hmm. um, it's not right to do to anybody, but you're surely not going to get away with it with with people who have been, you know, in the ministry their whole lifetime. And the other thing is now we had a number of of pastors and evangelists in our church in Arizona who had been in ministry for years. They were always kind, always gracious, and it was a true blessing to the church to have them. But I do know of other places where guys went and they didn't really know what they believed. And and some of those older men, I don't think with bad intentions, they kind of take over and let you know what you're supposed to believe. And all of a sudden you find you're not pastoring the church they are. And that happened to that young man. And he only lasted about two years in Arizona before he packed up and went home because quite honestly, he just wasn't prepared to come. And so you can't you can't discount the training on either side. You know, as a, and as a mission agency, that's one of the things that we screen of any person who wants to come in is how much like book knowledge have you got? Uh, there's a certain level of credits that you need to have in Bible and uh, that we we would expect kind of gives you some of that knowledge and exposure to doctrines. But then also anyone who comes to BIMI is also going to get asked doctrinal questions. It's not like an ordination or anything of that nature, mm -hmm. but it is. Uh, a check to see, okay, do you know what you believe or are you just parroting the answers that you know you are supposed to give? And you and I have both been on committees where we have seen people don't know what 
Hmm. Truly, they believe. Hmm. I remember a couple of years ago, we had a family that was in a screening committee that I did. He was going to a first world nation in my region. And uh, things like the charismatic movement are so entrenched that when people hmm. think Christian, they think char charismatic movement and such. And so I was asking questions like, okay, do you can you give a defense of uh, the cessation of things like tongues for today? And what do you believe about that? And so on and so forth. Well, it was obvious he had no clue, no clue mm. on how to answer any of these questions. And and I told him, I said, look, one of the things is you're not when you're on deputation, you're not going to be able to have the time to truly study all these things out because you're mm -hmm. busy, you're busy making meetings, you're busy going church to church and, and all that. I said, you have got to take some time. Now, this young man didn't go to had never been to a Bible college. So he knew because from his church, they preach, you know. Tongues aren't for today and all this, but he didn't know how to defend that. And I told him, I said, in good conscience, I can't send you to this country knowing that this is going to be an issue that you will constantly face if you have no clue on how to defend it. And I just encourage you that you should get some more, more like Bible study yeah. and Bible knowledge yeah. on these things. He, he, of course, didn't like that, um, but we recognize that the need for these things mm -hmm. yeah i think the to sum it up there isn't a cookie cutter plan one size fits all how do i get my training and get off to the mission field you have to know what god is calling you to do um and where he's calling you to and then start to do your homework and figure out what is going to suit me best and how can god use the skills he's given to me and how can i hone those to be effective in missions for him. You know, as we kind of wrap things up, uh, obviously we both agree Bible college is, necess uh, is a necessity. It's important. Don't skip it. Get all you can. Get the practical experience. And then just as a shameless plug, one of the places you can get some, uh, I think, really invaluable practical experiences is each year at BIMI, we host what is called Camp Bimmy. And it is... I always tell people, uh, I can't describe Camp Bimmy. You have to experience it. But we just, I think yesterday, started opening registration for 2021's Camp Bimmy. And there's more about that on our website at BIMI.org. And it is really a very unique time of practical and real missions training, intense week of of spending time with people who have been on the field for literally decades and getting hands-on um, experience with them and talking with them. And so it may be something that people want to check out as well. It's just another tool to put in your tool belt and to kind of help you and 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 lead you along as you follow the Lord's leading in your journey towards missions. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, that's uh, where you're heading or looking to partner with people. And, and again, maybe pastors are listening who could pass this on to a family in their church that's considering missions. And so it's also important. I just insert this is that the, the heart of one of the reasons why Camp Bimmy was even started 27 years ago was the look, the founders were of Camp Bimmy, which is the Boffmans. They would look around and they see missionaries coming off the field and being discouraged and, and not lasting one term or two terms. And so they said, 
they tried to investigate a little bit. Why is that going on? And it was kind of people didn't didn't know going into missions all the harsh realities of mm -hmm. the good and the bad. I mean, there's wonderful things in missions, absolutely wonderful. But then there's also there are some struggles, there are some challenges, mm -hmm. just like any any field yeah. of service that you do is going to have good and bad. And so the heart was okay. Let's try to give as much uh, information about the good, bad, and the ugly of missions so that that we can try to help help them work through that even on the pre end of going to missions right. so that when someone gets on the field, Hey, they've already had some kind of awareness or knowledge or that these are the challenges that they're going to face. Now in itself, we won't solve everything, but at least it may not be as startling or surprising mm -hmm. some of those challenges that they'll face. And, and Camp Bimmy is really a tremendous help so that anyone who has a heart for missions can see truly what is the nitty gritty of missions that you often don't see when a missionary is standing up making a presentation in front of a church. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would highly recommend it to anybody. Um, my two adult children um, have been through, well, three years at least of Camp Bimmy. They've taken the connected smart trip with Camp Bimmy. It's helped them tremendously. I've got one who's really seriously considering missions and another one who has taken another path in life as far as service and what they're doing. But I think both of them would say, no, Camp Bimmy was something that really helped me in my walk with the Lord and really opened my eyes to missions. And I remember one last thing quickly, my, my, uh, one of my, uh, adult children actually saying, why do I need to go to camp Bimmy? I was raised in a missions home. And after they went, they were like, wow, there was so much I learned that I didn't know about at all. And so mm -hmm. I think it's a great help to people and it can be so much more we could speak about here, but obviously, uh, if you're thinking about missions or again, pastor, if you have somebody in your church that is considering missions, uh, we want to help. And if you want to connect with us, you can find our information in the show notes and uh, we would love to uh, start a conversation with you. Uh, we do believe that Bible college is necessary. Practical training is necessary. And we just want to help people succeed in their call uh, to fulfill the, the Great Commission around the world. So thanks for listening this week. We hope this uh, has been a help and a blessing to you. We look forward to spending some more time with you next week. Until that time, have a great week in the Lord.